Blog Talk Radio. Uh, screws, I don't care, he's a boner, 
screws over the American people by blocking a $2,000 middle-class tax cut. I think that was put forth by Obama. No, yeah, but no. Boomer screws over the American people by blocking a $2,000 tax cut. So who proposed that? Well, let's talk about it. House Democrats introduced a new proposal that would give middle-class families a $2,000 tax cut. That was immediately shot down by Speaker of the House John Banner because Republicans have no interest in helping the middle class. I believe that. The Washington Post described the Democratic plan as a step towards addressing income inequality. The centerpiece of the proposal is set to be unveiled Monday by Chris Van Hollen, a Democrat from Maryland, as a paycheck bonus credit that would save $2,000 a year off the tax bills of couples earning less than $200,000 a year. Other provisions would nearly triple the tax credit for child care and reward people to save at least $500 a year. The windfall, about $1.2 trillion over a decade, would come directly from the pockets of Wall Street high rollers through a new fee on financial transactions and from the top 1% of earners who would lose billions of dollars in lucrative tax breaks. Um, what this statement meant in terms of legislation action is that Speaker Boner is not going to allow the Democrat proposal to be brought to the House floor for a vote. Throughout this time, the Speaker John Boner has killed legislation that he opposes by not allowing it to come to the floor for a vote. They Boner, just position Boner positioned that, that tax cuts add to the deficit apparently only applies to tax cuts for the middle class because it was only last month that the Speaker Boehner supported $440 billion tax cuts for corporations. John Boehner is for, fond of referring to the House as the People's House, but it is clear that the people the Speaker is re- referring to aren't working folks or middle-class Americans, that's for sure. By the People's House, Speaker Boehner means the Koch brothers, corporations, or other special interests. If Republicans were serious about governing, they would seize the opportunity to pass a middle-class tax cut that Democrats would support and the president would sign. Instead, Republicans are using their power in Congress to harm the middle class while claiming to be carrying out the will of the people. A middle-class tax cut would put money back in the pockets of those who need it most while providing a boost to the economy. Boehner's rejection of the Democratic proposal is another reminder that the Republican Party doesn't care about ordinary, hardworking Americans. That's difficult. That's so damn difficult. I got other stuff that I don't want to read, but we're going to go over to see if Larry will... uh, If he's ready. It's about time. I don't know. He probably will be. Yeah, he's he's in New Haven by now, I think. That's where he had to go. Oh, he said to call Good evening. Hey, good evening, Larry. How are you? Good, Hi, Larry. How are you how doing? Lila, how are you? I'm fine. Um, we were just reading about the House Republican budget that was put put forward by uh, John Boehner. Absolutely mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Yeah. What Only like fifty trillion dollars, fifty trillion dollars in cuts or something. Unbelievable. <laughs> it's the most horrendous. Just cuts to the most vulnerable people um, 
in our country. country, People on Medicare and Medicaid, and I just don't know how we can even think of shredding the Affordable Care Act. I mean, I can't imagine what that would do to our country. Which is like the 56th, I think it's the 56th time now that they're trying to do something to um, repeal it. Oh, yeah. Which in itself is like incredibly sad. But but he is for budget. He is for cuts, cuts of of taxes for the very wealthy and for corporations, yeah. and for the capital gains tax. Cuts. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's, so, it's so it's so it's so unreal. It's Larry, it's so unfair. Uh, it's, it's, it's incomprehensible to me. Yeah, and and, and that's the best way to describe it. You you can't believe it's uh, you can't believe it. it the stuff is happening. You know, it's no, Alice I, I, in Wonderland stuff. Yeah. These guys got to be aliens from uh, Dracos or something, you know? <laughs> something out of Star Trek, like the Klingons, you know? It's like unbelievable. Right. I mean, what are these people? They're not even human. The, uh, the thing that amazes me that is that they have the nerve to put forward something that's so unfair. Yeah. And, and have no shame. No shame at all. No. And they're even running, running, running for president on these on these kind of platforms. I mean, you, you, I, we don't understand this, well, Larry. I mean, you guys, you, I mean, the, you guys got to be putting up. You guys got to be going crazy over there right now. <laughs> that's a nice way to put it. <laughs> uh, that's, you know, it, it, it's, um, look, you know, that the people who want to starve government, who want to shrink it, who want to. Um, uh, give everything away to the rich folks and the corporations. This is their agenda, um, and they are, you know, dangerously close to exerting uh, complete control if uh, yeah. we don't rise up more forcefully in response. I mean, four years ago, I was horrified uh, about the things that were happening, but it, they seem to be bolder and bolder and more aggressive. Well, when they won in the midterms, it was like absolutely staggering what happened there, and then. <sighs> And now what you were seeing coming out of it is just overwhelming. I, I, you know, it's just I, I've never I've never been so appalled. You know, I, I thought yeah. under Bush, I was like staggered by everything that Bush and his boys did. But I've never seen anything worse than what this Congress has been doing. You know, I I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe I, the only thing. I mean, you know, it was. <laughs> Because you know we we forget under Bush, um, when you know he had uh, Congress rolling over to uh, approve his two wars in the Middle East and tax cuts for the wealthy. So you know we our deficit absolutely spun out of control uh, during those battle days of Bush. So I don't ever want to forget that. And I know you guys haven't, but I, I think you know I think the bigger problem is that the the mantra and the mentality. Are to you know slash and burn to cut government to destroy services to shred the safety net, and it is you're absolutely right. I, I, my discourage you know you never want to be discouraged, but I think appalled is the right word. These these people are crazy. The only thing you can hope is that uh, it, it reminds the uh, those among the electorate who actually care to vote in elections that uh, the stakes are going to be really high. 
um, over the next series of elections. And I'm not just talking the presidential election. You know, we've got to start getting candidates and voting for candidates who are going to push back against this craziness. No, I, and but who do we have? I mean, I mean, God, uh, if all we have is Hillary and Jeb, we're in such big trouble. I agree. God. I agree. I agree, and I'm not convinced. You know, I, I can't speak for um, uh, I can't speak for what the Republicans will do, and uh, I think there are a lot of Democrats who are uneasy at the thought of the uh, uh, Clinton candidacy. But uh, now you, you know you're hearing Al Gore, you're hearing uh, um, names other than Hillary. But again, I I think that we get to I think we're playing into a trap if we start focusing only on the presidential. Well, election. Yeah. I think we've got to be doing. We've got to be more vigilant about everything from our local board of education, and our town council to the general assembly uh, to Congress. This isn't just the the problems kind of in sharp relief. I agree with you when you look at the presidential politics. But um, you know, we've got to get more Elizabeth Warren types into um, into power everywhere. Um, you know, we face these fights constantly at the local level against reckless outsourcing and budget cuts. And, you know, we find a lot of these Tea Party crazies uh, sitting on local boards doing damage to their communities. So, you know, the, that, that message of hatred and contempt for public service has been drilled down to the local level and it's, you know, manifested very successfully at the local level. Um, Congress um, is in gridlock. But you know, you're not seeing that kind of gridlock locally. In, in response, but I agree with you. It's it's, dep- it's depressing. You know, it's it's depressing to think about those two as being the, the candidates, or that so Scott Walker even has a whiff of a chance. That's alarming in and of itself. Oh my God! In response to that, Larry, uh, is our union working hard on the local level? I know you're always traveling around to different places. I, I wish you were running for president, guys. <laughs> With you know, like you, we, 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 or, or at least at least like senator or something, you know. Get, get, <laughs> yeah. I, I know but you know, we've had this talk, and you know what's sad is that you know, as long as we have this system awash in money <clears throat> and mostly corporate money, uh, I don't know that we're ever going to get what we're entitled to, which is a government that actually. Um, works for the people and not for the utility companies and the insurance companies and the corporations and for Wall Street. You know, that's the problem. You know, we talk about Elizabeth Warren like, you know, she's this the god delivered from another planet. Um, you know, she's not, but the the problem is um you know, the system is the system's only gonna allow one or two of those. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then, you know, since they don't when they get in into office, and they get in uh, to, like, the Senate or they get into the House of Representatives, They their voice is so small. Yeah, right, right. And, you know, not not saying she's not, doesn't have effectiveness, but, um, you know, you don't see Democrats rushing to, you know, stand by her either. No. And, you know, I always like to remind my, and I'm look, I'm a registered Democrat, but I like to remind myself and my friends, you know, um, when they're on Facebook, um, extolling Hillary Clinton that you know her husband uh, helped repeal Glass Steagall, which uh, helped trigger the financial meltdown of 2008. So you know the Democrats are often uh, way too corporatist, you know, way too uh, in the thrall of Wall Street, and it's a big problem. So 
himself a centrist Democrat, but he was very supportive of cor- corporations, and he was uh, the one that got through those free trade agreements. Yeah, NAFTA, my God. You know, yeah, and, and NAFTA, NAFTA, thank you. Right. Right. Set us on the road and, to ruin And look, who's... And the Democrats are funny, right? We, we, we've we talked about TPP, you know, the Trans-Pacific Partnership. And again, you know, you have a Democratic president um, willing to kind of lead the bandwagon for pushing through another disastrous trade policy. So um, it is very frustrating. You know, we're not given a whole lot of choice here. Um, we're voting for somebody who's going to murder us a little more quickly versus somebody who's going to kind of, you know, draw out the torture. Yeah, really. Well, good. A good point, Larry. There was there and was I, a there was an article that came up today. Uh, I, I I posted it on uh, on my uh, guy sent it over to me on my Facebook. Uh, you know, a lot of stuff on like, Tuesday and Wednesday nights. A lot of people know we're doing the show and we get all kinds of news. But this one was really interesting, Larry, because what they what it said was that the uh, uh, they're banning. Uh, Trying to figure out, I'll, I'll see it here. Oh, by the way, Jesse Ventura is thinking about running for president as a libertarian. I tell you that. <laughs> That's interesting, you know. And I'm not an advocate of, of obviously, you know, libertarians are not pro-union, but you know, I did want to praise you. I do see um, your Facebook posts periodically, um, and I actually, you and I must think alike because I've been pushing out the. Uh, Princeton um, study that said uh, that we, you know, we're teetering on having an oligarchy and not a, a democracy. That's like the best thing we could have posted. Yeah, I just I just threw well, that up by t- the way. T- t- tell our listeners about that who haven't read it. Leo. Well, says Princeton concludes that what well, kind of a uh, yeah. government really has, and it's it's not a democracy; it's an oligarchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? and uh, maybe right, and, and and these two guys. Princeton guy and a Northwestern University researcher, and, um, you know, and there's actually some um, uh, some science. And um, you know, here I'm reading now. I'm, I'm looking at the the piece that Leo posted, and um, okay. Gillens and Page. They're the researchers. They say the preference of the average American appear to have the preferences of the average American appear to have only a minuscule, near zero, statistically non significant impact on public policy. In other words, the, the statistics say your opinion literally does not matter, and that's actually, you know, pretty. Fr- I'm laughing because I don't know how else to respond. I'm actually appalled by that. You know, Larry. You know, you know what else? We, which was really appalling, really sad, sick. When we when we realized that uh, uh, last week, uh, I was uh, a friend of mine sent over and reminded me because this took uh, this happened like last year. That when the Congress uh, 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 passed a bill that allowed propaganda in the news media, okay, and, mm-hmm. and, and then in uh, last year, in July of last year, Obama signed it into law. Now, okay. now mm-hmm. I I wasn't sure that I believed all this. So until she read it, until I did some research and looked it up, and what do you know? It's really true. We have no independent media anymore. Not in not mainstream at all. It's all government propaganda. And if you notice, if you notice when you if you ever put on which you guys knew, but you guys knew. I got to interrupt. You guys knew that. You've always known that. Just doing what you do. But this this was really clear. That's not news to you. Yeah. No, I I hear you. Yep. Yeah. 
But the thing is, you go from, you know, one station to the next looking for things. And almost simultaneously, one channel will have something on, and then, like, seconds later, if you turn the channel, the the next station will have the same thing. The exact same thing on on all the mainstream news, news media. So it's the exact it, same story, you know, the exact same time. It's almost exact, like they're doing a dance. And the exact same uh, advertisements by the yes, exact it's, same it's pharmaceutical companies. You know? Unbelievable. Yeah. But I wanted to get back to speak a little bit about Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton. Um, I think the okay. thing that bothered me the most about her candidacy is going back to Bill Clinton. He was he had accepted money from the Chinese for his yeah. election. Yeah, uh, she accepted money. And and from the Saudis just recently, and she is on the same track, and that bothers me tremendously. You know that you got to be governments buying elections. They bought they bought Bill's election a long time ago. Yeah, back in ninety ninety six. Yeah, and so I just wanted to mention that, and I and I'm sure. Somebody would say, well, all the candidates do it. I don't want any candidate to do it. No. I, I mean, do, you, do, you, do you believe a foreign government should, a foreign individual should be, uh, should be contributing to American president campaigns or senatorial campaigns or legislative campaigns? No. Are you with us, Larry? I think he's out of... Uh, oh, he must be out of range. Yep. Oops, we lost him. Well, give him a call. Seem to be having some phone issues. Sorry about that. Hey, we we just said you must be in your car and have driven out of range there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Hillary Clinton taking money from uh, the Chinese and other groups. Yeah, yes. we were just talking about that, and and you know I'm sure she's not the only one. I'm sure you know others are doing the same thing. But she's so blatant. They're but so blatant, they're so blatant and, and about it. Oh, I, I'm so uncomfortable with I mean, all of that. The Saudis just gave Bill ten million dollars, okay, for his, to, to his. It, uh, it, uh, and, right, and again, it just goes back to we have a system awash in, you know, corporate and foreign money, and um, it's a bad system that works to the detriment. You know, that's that's why we have something that's teetering much closer to an oligarchy than to um, a democracy. You know, it's both parties, it's the system, and I uh, I share my, I share your frustration. Yeah, I, oh, we're so we're, no, and concerned. Yeah, it's just getting so so frightening. You know, it, it, we feel we're starting to feel so 
helpless. Um, so helpless, yeah. yeah. Like when you see this stuff, and it's like they said, uh, you you have this uh, what n- nearly zero percent of of, of, of influence. Of, of influence. Nobody really cares what you have to say. Yeah. Did you by any chance? Right, right. When you look at this Facebook, did you by any chance see? Uh, that picture of Charlton Heston in the in the uh, slave uh, ship rowing and it says two thousand oh. years ago. And the other one I posted <laughs> two thousand and today and they got they got uh a graduation hats on. They're still in the boats rowing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I have to go I have to go see that. <laughs> That's on your uh you have it posted? Well, so in, well, in fact, it is real because, you know, I mean, you, you know they're all enslaved financially. All those poor kids are financially enslaved. I uh, mean, they uh, may be not aware of it, but they sure are, you know. It's, and, you know, I, mm, I, think I, I agree. A, month or a couple of weeks ago that stated that the, 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 the United States was the most indebted of all countries, okay, for student debt, okay? And it costs the most in this country to be educated to get to get a college. Oh, what of of the of, of, of the industry the of it? Yeah, that's of, true. Of, of I mean, even go north of us to Canada, and those students get a free education. That's right. And, a free and, college, you know, the taxes pay for it. They get a, a subsidized college education. And did Obama's uh, idea that uh, kids get uh, community college paid for go anywhere? No. I thought that was mm-hmm. a great idea, and I think we should do that, don't you, Larry? Well, I do, and I, you know, and, and more to the point, you know, this, this again, this, this, you know, um, gross hogging uh, of money, um, you know, this, this, you know, the velocity of money flowing upward to those who need it the least at the expense of those who need it the most, you know, we're, we're fine giving huge tax breaks to corporations and to multimillionaires. You know, we're fine giving um, grants and money to the same people, but we don't want to actually invest in our own kids getting an education. You know, that's crazy. And then that's where we are as a country. And it's absolutely alarming. And, it, and you know, the fact that these kids are graduating and they're hugely in debt and, uh, Facing a limited job market is um, doesn't pretend well for you know the economy. No, and it doesn't pretend well for the future because you get an educated class of people who have no job, no uh, future thought of a job. That's very dangerous. Did it's you? extremely dangerous mm-hmm. to upset uneducated group of people, because did you, that's, yeah, that's a immense uh, problem. And did you read about the, I don't know if I posted them, I think I did, uh, yeah, last week, but it was about um, the United States, uh, not the United States, but the millennial, the U.S. millennial generation, all right? Now, was, those, what age were they? That was between those that were born from 1980 to 1995 or 2000. So they'd where be in their thirties. Yeah, the twenties and thirties, late twenties, early thirties, uh, scored the worst on this, on this, uh, on on all levels. The United States kids. Of surveys that uh, they did. A survey that they did on on all levels of technology, uh, mathematics, uh, basic mathematics, English skills, writing skills. 
I don't know who did these surveys, so well, it's hard somebody, to, no, somebody, hard to uh, comment on it. College, but, uh, it was very distressing to to read that, but sometimes you really don't know what you know what these surveys are, and uh, you really have to look at it. Really was, but you know, one more thing I wanted to well, your reaction on this, Larry, I think will be positive. But internationally, the wealthiest eighty-five percent own more wealth than the bottom half of the world's population. And soon the top 1% in the world will own more wealth than the bottom 99%. In the U.S., the top 10, one-tenth of 1% 1 own almost as much wealth as the bottom 90%. Mm -hmm. We need an economy that works for all, not just the billionaire class. And that was from Bernie Sanders. Do those figures jive with what you're seeing? Absolutely. I mean, look, the, you know, and sometimes we get, um, we're we're drowned in numbers, you know, on our side. I call us the right side, and everybody else. But uh, I, uh, I I did see a piece. It was on the Secretary of Labor's uh, Thomas Perez, uh, who I think is doing a very good job, by the way. Um, there was a piece on the DOL website based on this new study from the Institute for Policy Studies, and it uh, put it in a pretty sharp relief. Wall Street bonuses in 2014: 28.5 billion. 2014 annual earnings of all full-time workers making the federal minimum wage of 7.25 an hour, 14 billion. So that really puts into perspective that you know Wall Street bonuses, I'm talking bonuses, doubled the annual earnings of all Americans at the federal minimum wage. Pretty shocking. Well, and I also I also just either heard or read, I'm not sure. In order to balance the budget. They want to uh, not fund the federal pension. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They want to right. Of government workers. Imagine that. Oh, look, look at the problem Christie ran into. They're, they're suing his, his, his butt for criminal activity by, by not funding their, their, uh, pension, their pension plan for the public public. So workers. now the federal government, they want to do the same thing. Yeah. So they're following suit. Yeah. And and that's our answer, is that we, we turn our backs on our obligations to people who provide public services um, so that we can appease Wall Street and appease the corporations. It's just twisted and backward. It sure is, and they, they, they have no shame for what they do at all, none at all. Now, you know, I'm going to read this to you, and just, just, just to say, what once there was a Republican who, who, who made sense, all right, and it was Theodore Roosevelt, he said, no man, can be, <laughs> no man can be a good citizen unless he has a wage more than sufficient to cover the bare cost of living and hours of labor <clears throat> short enough so that after his day's work is done, he will have time and energy to bear his share in the management of the community to help in carrying the general load. Now, you know, he had a good idea there, don't you think? You know, fair wages, all right? And uh, of course, the Republican Party kicked him out of there, out of out of there, and he had to right. Would he even have a place in today's uh, Republican Party? Yeah, what a mess. Did he even have wow. a place, right? What would they do with him? I don't know. Oh, yeah. boy, oh, boy. oh man, Larry, you, you got. You, I'll tell you, man. You, you know, we we give you so much credit for 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 doing what you're doing there. Thank you. Yeah, really I, you know what? You guys help uh, you help keep me going with your encouragement, and you're doing the same. You know, you're trying to make a difference, and uh, you know, 
we're we have no choice but to keep doing what we're doing, right? That's it, Larry. That, that's that's how we feel. Yeah. Got to speak truth to power. Got to speak truth to power. That's true. It's nice to know. It's just good to know that there are people out there, you know, that that are talking this stuff and trying to make sense and trying to... And trying to get together with other people who are like-minded to make a difference, and that's really important. And we need people who go in and work in the grassroots, go in and and talk to local people, go into the, to the local boards of education, yeah. the local uh, union people who are trying to get together to make things better. And we need people like you to organize it, and it's not easy. It's hard work. Yeah, talking to you is, it right. gives, gives, you know, gives, gives our audience, uh, you know, uh, a sense of, you know, of, hope of understanding, you know, understanding what, what the unions are, are actually about, especially AFSCME and, right. and, you know. Public unions when they're getting such a bad rap. Yeah, it's like God. Yep. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Well, we, we love, love you. you. We love you, buddy. So stay with us. Stay fighting. Back at you. Back at you. All right. We'll All talk right. soon. Okay. Great. Thanks. Right. You guys. Right. Good night. That was Lucky Norman, yep. Public Affairs Coordinator for AFSCME Council 4 out of New, uh, New Britain, Connecticut. Yeah. And of course, as usual, he's on the road. Uh, meeting with people, really organizing yeah, things, yeah. trying to get the message out that that when unions are strong, the market is better for all people. Yep. All people, even non-union workers, get paid better. The things are more com- their wages are more competitive. Right. They get more benefits. Yeah. And the cost and the standard of living is better for people, for yeah. all people, not just union people, for all workers. So um, I think that's very important. Oh, and good. he also, you know, unions also stand for a fair wage for everybody, yeah. not just for the top one percent. And they think it's important to have programs like Medicare and Medicaid, yeah. and programs that take care of. It's not like you know, you're giving anything when you get uh, Social Security. You paid into it. You're paying into it. You're getting it back. Right. And you paid into it for you, you pay, years or whatever, you, you know. You're paying for your Medicare. Yeah. Nobody's really giving you much. You paid for that for working. You paid working. for Medicare and you paid for Medicaid. Not Medicaid, 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 Social Security. All these things are taken out of everybody's paycheck. You know, you know and, the Republicans and act like they're giving you something. They're not yeah. giving you anything. I, I think they should just uh, nuclear bomb all, all these Republicans just out of office and just kind of blow Start them. over. Start over. I mean, these guys are about as, as, well, as bad. Well, the, the only thing you can really hope for is if, you know, there is that your state or, or your local governments do more to help you. Like, that's, but they don't. That's, it's like you take Mississippi or Texas or any of these, these god-awful Republican... Well, let me just mention, just let me mention Those something. people are starving Just let me mention there. something. Yeah. before we go off on that, that when there was no um, Obamacare, mm-hmm. the state of Massachusetts put in their own... They had their own, They yeah, put in their own, own health care. So, so states can do things to help their residents. I'm not, I'm not blaming Massachusetts, but I'm blaming something like Texas. You know, we refuse to have Medicaid or Medicare or any kind of... Isn't that, any, re- any isn't kind that of ridiculous? Yeah, you know, they, they just destroy their, their people, you know, and get sick, 
are, are, are poor. I mean, they're, 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 it, Texas is probably the poorest state in the country next to Mississippi, and Mississippi has the same policies, Republican isn't that, policies. Isn't that you know, unbelievable? I, mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't understand how these bastards can stay in power. In well, you know as well as I do that the it's voting all, isn't fair. Right. Yeah, it's it's voting. You just know that that's the way you it is. I wouldn't be able to prove it, but that's no, what I that believe. No, you got an extremely ignorant uh, uh, voting populace in those states. And I that, think a lot of people don't vote in a, or can't vote or can't get they're there. They're not allowed to vote. Or, yeah, you just don't something. know. And it's all rigged down there, and that's the way it is. Well, anyway, it's, 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 it's like what? But I, I want to, you know, did you have something else you want to read on there? Because I, you know, we we're we're strong union supporters and yeah, uh, uh, and I and we we understand and uh, things won't get better unless you have a strong union. It's just no, the way it is. No, no, they won't. And unless you unless you stand up and fight, it's just not going to happen. That's right. Yeah, and and we have to work together and support each other. Yeah, that's really important. Yeah, you know, in every way we can. Uh, all of the things. Uh, like like here here's the moron. Nevada bill aims to scrap minimum wage that voters passed by ballot initiative. Imagine that. This is in Nevada. Now, you know, here's an idiot. After President Obama called for states to raise their minimum wage in this 2013 State of the Union, ten of them took up uh, took took him up on the challenge by raising their wages last year. So many that the majority of states now have a higher wage than the federal level of seven twenty five an hour. But in Nevada, Senator Joe Hardy, Republican, wants to move to the uh, other direction. He introduced legislation that would repeal the state's minimum wage currently set at eight twenty five an hour for those who don't get health benefits. In eight in two thousand six the state vote the state's voters approved a constitutional amendment. That sets a standard minimum wage, but Hardy's resolution would repeal it and give the legislature the ability to control the wage, even if they don't have a higher wage than the federal floor. The vast majority of states at least have set one. Five have no minimum wage laws: Alabama, Louisiana, uh, uh, Mississippi, South Carolina, and Tennessee. While two, Georgia and Wyoming, have their have set their Lower than 7.25 an hour. Even so, the federal minimum uh, t- takes precedence, so that employers in these states still have to pay employees at least that much. But some other states have also considered reducing rather than raising their wages. In February, a South Dakota state uh, committee approved a proposal that would allow its minimum wage to decrease, erasing a provision of wage hike approved by voters that bars it from falling. Other states are considering lowering wages for uh, certain groups, like tipped workers or young people. My God. Hardy's Democratic colleagues, however, have a very different idea. State Senator Tick Sugarbloom, a Democrat, has sponsored legislation that would raise the constitutional minimum wage to $15 an hour for those without health insurance. A $15 wage is still rare, but starting to gain traction after striking fast food workers have called to be paid at least that much. Seattle and San Francisco have increased their wages to that level, while Portland increased the wage for city workers to that much. 
and it's under consideration or in Oregon, New York City, Los Angeles, and Chicago. The federal minimum wage, meanwhile, hasn't been raised in six years despite congressional Democrats introducing increases multiple times. If it had kept up with inflation, it would be more than $10 an hour, and if it had kept up with rising worker productivity, it would be more than $20 an hour. You know, Americans work hard, but they aren't rewarded for it. No, they're not. You know, you they, know, they fact, just it, really it, aren't rewarded yeah. for it at all. And it, it's just not fair. It's not like people don't go out there and try to do a good job every day. No, and, and, and it's, really, it's really hard. It's really, really hard. So, you know, uh, I just get basic after Nine months on Coke fears, nine months on, Coke fears realized after town uh, raised minimum wage to $15 an hour. I was kind of happy to see that. After the Coke brothers sank millions in ads claiming that raising the minimum wage in, in uh, see, I think that's Seattle, but, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, January the town oh, of C-TAC Washington. Put into effect a new $15 an hour minimum wage. Uh, no ramps. No ramp up, no tiered implementation. One day it was the state standard, the next the highest minimum wage in the nation. The Koch brothers sank a fortune to fight this matter, which fell on deaf ears as the town rejected their trickle-down theories and instead voted for the measure. The result is that for one town, they became a test bed to put the theories behind trickle-down economics to the test. Now, nine months on, we are witnessing one of the most dramatic recoveries in the Pacific Northwest. Last July, business owner Scott Ostrander claimed that the increased wage would force him to lay off staff and, not, and if not, shut down his business. Instead, his business, the Cedarbrook Lodge Hotel, is expanding, adding 63 more beds to meet the band. Instead of layoffs, he needs to hire more people, and his story is not the only one. Tom Douglas, who runs 15 restaurants in the Seattle area, warned that a higher minimum wage law being considered by Seattle would force the shutdown of a quarter of his restaurants. Instead, after the results in SeaTac, he is opening five new restaurants to meet demand, and this story is being repeated over and over again throughout the region. Well-paid employees pump money into the local economies. This is basic economics, dating back to Adam Smith. Instead of slashing employees, which would impact any business's ability to support their customers, they have turned to a more direct approaches. A good example of this is Master Park in Austin airport parking lot, which has added a 99-cent daily living wage surcharge. Less than a dollar guarantees that MasterPark can give all of its employees a living wage a small price to pay. The biggest sign that the higher wage did not impact SeaTac, however, comes with the news that SeaTac Airport will be undergoing a half a billion dollar renovation and expansion. The growth of the airport, which, is, which as an extraterritorial administrative district does not require the higher minimum wage of the adjoining town, demonstrates that the fears pushed by the Koch brothers in their multi-million dollar ad campaign are just nonsense. 
They forgot the words of wisdom from President Franklin D. Roosevelt in an address given in Cleveland, Ohio, on October 16, 1936. It is to the real advantage of every producer, every manufacturer, and every merchant to cooperate in the improvement of working conditions because the best customer of American industry is the well-paid worker. Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. And, and when when, when uh, Henry Ford increased that uh, the wage of his workers, to they buy could afford dollars, to buy cars. They could afford to buy the cars that they were making, and you know it's, it's, it's so simple. A pound of butter costs everybody the same, but if you have a billion dollar income and a pound of butter is twenty dollars, you can buy it. But if you if you're making four dollars an hour, you're not going to be able to buy it. There's going to be a lot of butter in those warehouses rotting, and people aren't going to be able to afford yeah. it. Now, here on the other side, because we'll be fair about this, in Seattle, it turns out a whole bunch of restaurants are closing down because of the noise. Last month, in particular last month, Seattle foodies were downcast as the blow kept coming. Queen Anne's Grub <laughs> closed. Queen Anne's Grub uh, closed in February. Pioneer Square Little Uncle shut down. Renee Erickson Boat Street Cafe, uh, after 17 years with her at the helm, okay, and blah, 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 blah. But furthermore, less than a week after he was named the James Beard semifinalist Best Chef Northwest for his work at Northern Italian Restaurant, uh, announced that he would be stepping down from the restaurant and his others immediately to head to Spain. What What's going on? A variety of things, probably, and a good chance there is more change to come. First, some old timers report that simply uh, ready for a change, and both. Uh, well, anyway, they're, they're trying to rationalize that 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 that. Uh, There's a lot of change in the restaurant business. They, those they come things and, change. Like they come this, and go uh, like, and go it's, like a, crazy. it's a very difficult business to be in. Yeah. But they address if you keep going down, they address that fifteen dollar an hour thing. Why do restaurants close? According to Fernandez, there are reasons from ownership changes to constant switches to operational cost increase and failure to thrive. Uh, but first, uh, as its first of six reasons why awesome restaurants close, uh, you know, and uh, that that's what happens. But in addition to all oh, here, um, oh, so recently there are also key considerations, though none of on our local departing transition restaurants who announced their plans last month have mentioned this as an issue, uh, but other major factors affecting the restaurant features our city's a minimum wage hike to uh, $15 an hour. Starting April 1st, all businesses must begin to phase in the wage, and small employers have seven years to pay all employees at least $15 an hour. So there, the, you know, if, if you talk about the closing pub- down of restaurants and stuff in Seattle—it's a lot of crap. Not—it has nothing to do with the with the uh, paying the people minimum, fifteen dollars an hour. No. It has to do with sometimes people are just fickle. They move on to a different food trend. That's right. And restaurants get very specialized nowadays, and people get bored with it and they go somewhere else. That's right. You know, it's that's, just how it is. Or the chef gets bored and he's not doing such a great yeah, job. Yeah, have seen a lot of that. And I've it seen happens. that happen, yeah. and they lose their focus, and they have to move on yeah. to something else. Yeah. Well, 10 scandals involving Hillary Clinton you may have forgotten. We didn't talk about this last No, time, I right? know about that. But uh, I thought we might mention this just in case you were thinking of Hillary. 
uh, in the. I don't want government. Bill in the White House again. No, but let, let's look at the ten. Just go right Adams. down to China Gate. Okay. Yes, that was the first one. The Clinton-Gore campaign in 1996 allegedly, they never really could prove it, took bribes from Chinese banks and their governments to help their dwindling poll numbers. The Chinese embassy in D.C. helped siphon funds into the DNC. Secretary of Commerce Rob Brown, who was killed in the plane crash, had Hillary's instructions reportedly sold seats. Introducing the city double cash card. Reportedly sold seats on department trade missions to China. Joint congressional hearings were canceled after Democrats threatened to bring up Republican campaign issues, and then Monica Lewinsky actually saved this scandal from media attention. She was a lot more interesting. Yeah. Travelgate scandal. Catherine Cornelius, a 25-year-old cousin of Bill's, was allegedly promised the position of director of the travel office. Hillary Clinton then indirectly fired several employees from the United States travel office and replaced them with associates from Arkansas. Records were either nowhere to be found or incorrectly filed, and there's a reported attempt to give a White House Airlines contract to a friend. Hillary had the FBI investigate Billy Dole, the head of the travel office, ruining his career who was found to do nothing wrong, but was then audited by the IRS for three years after. Where they, they harassed him, made his life yeah. hell. Billy Dale and his family went through hell thanks to the Clintons. Attorney General Janet Reno, the FBI, and the IRS, Ir Irvine wrote, Hillary's greatest crime was not perjury. It was trying to send an innocent man to prison to justify having fired him and his staff without cause. A memorandum by a former presidential aide depicts Hillary Rodham Clinton as the central figure in the 1993 Treble Office dismissal, a politically damaging episode that the aide said had resulted from a climate of fear in which officials did not dare question Mrs. Clinton's wishes. Yeah, and I wrote the, from the New York Times, 96. But yeah, this, the, the, the Clinton went on and, and got reelected. Okay. Yeah, well, they suppressed a lot of that. Yeah, they suppressed everything. The Whitewater scandal, Vince Foster, uh, Jr. mystery, the suicide of Vince Foster, which was really strange because he was the only witness to the Whitewater scandal. Yeah. All right. Uh, and uh, let's see. Cattle Futures Miracle, she and she made, uh, suddenly made a $12,000 investment worth $100,000. Yeah. Uh, by, uh, In know, 10 months. Yeah, a few months. Yeah, yeah by, see, that, that's like a magic. what was happening, yeah. It was just commodity trade with the cattle futures where she ordered 10, 10 future contracts, uh, futures contracts would normally cost $12,000 with only $1,000 in her account. This turned into $6,300 by the next morning, and after 10 months, totaled $100,000 of trading help from Gee, how many Blair. times have you made that much? Yeah, Blair, right. who at the time was outside counsel for Tyson Foods, uh, in Arkansas, um, largest employer, uh, says he was advising Clinton out of friendship not to seek political <laughs> Political yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> and at Rudergate, Bill and, and especially Hillary started to ship White House furniture to their personal home, and I remember that. Isn't that home in Chappaqua. Unbelievable. Yeah, the Clintons claimed they were donated, so but at only one, some were proven to be donated and meant to stay in the White House after contracting them. Contract the manufacturers. 
The Clintons returned some of the furniture after pressure was put on them to do so. So in other words, they didn't I, return I remember, all of it. I, I remember they when that happened. They kept stuff that yeah. was meant for the White House for themselves. Oh yeah. Pigs. And I remember they they did other stuff too, like they they destroyed all kinds of stuff when they left the office. Mm-hmm. They, they 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 destroyed all kinds of stuff. Drug dealer donor scandal. I Convicted this. drug trafficker Jorge Cabrera apparently made uh, such a big donation to the Clinton campaign. And he was invited to the White House without Secret Service presence. Well, they probably did. They were probably doing coke. Yeah. Yeah. He, he brought the cocaine. Ponzi scheme and political favor scandal. Norman Young, who's was a convicted pyramid investment promoter and a major Democratic donor. He contributed an undisclosed amount to Hillary Clinton's 2008 campaign. He was sentenced to more than 24 years in prison in 2009 by a judge who accused him of funding his fraud by manipulating the political process in a way that strikes on the very core of democracy. Christ, well, he was given 24 world. years in prison after you think that Hillary was going to pull some some levers there, but I guess not. No, she took the money and ran. And the Gazi, yeah, that's coming up. Here's an article in the New York Times. In the Clinton Foundation. Yeah. And uh, for a larger list of scandals associated, check out the Clinton Crime Library. Oh, let's uh, check that out. Should we? Yeah. Okay. Clinton Crime Library. Oh, my God. Bill Clinton has surrounded himself with with criminals. Bill Clinton Al Gore met with known criminals who either gave large amounts of money to the Democrats or brought in by those giving huge sums of money to the Democrats. These people include convicted drug dealer, Jorge Cabrera, a Chinese arms dealer named Wang Jun, and Gregory Luchanaski, whose company Nordex was on Clinton's CIA watch list and who was denied entry into Canada because he failed a background check. Until he gave Clinton some money. There was also the appearance of foreign policy quid pro quos involving Indonesia, Paraguay, Guam, Vietnam, and China. Even more disturbing are allegations of economic espionage, communist Chinese involvement in U.S. elections, and compromising U.S. national security, all in the name of helping the Democrats in securing Bill Clinton's reelection. There were about 70 congressional witnesses who fled the Fifth Amendment right not to self-incriminate or chosen to flee the country in the Clinton-Gore dollars for political influence scam in a round of testimony by FBI Director Louis Free before Congress, Representative Dan Burton asked, Mr. Free, over 65 people have invoked the Fifth Amendment of federal country in the course of the committee's investigation. Have you ever experienced so many unavailable witnesses in a matter in which you've prosecuted and in which you have been involved? Free responded, actually, I have. Burton asked, you have? Give me a rundown on that really quickly, Free. I spent about 16 years doing organized crime cases in New York City. <laughs> Bill Clinton and Al Gore have conspired with known criminals. We already know that. Yeah. Okay. And they go into each one of them, like uh, a little bunch of them. But, um, yeah, he, criminal, uh, Clinton's criminal appointees. Attorney General oh, Dan Reno. criminal appointee. Fabricated charges of child molestation against the Branch Davidians yeah, in Waco, uh, Texas. Yeah. I know that. Ordering the use of military equipment and the use of chemical agents against citizens of the U.S. Yeah. 
86 men and women and children died after FBI agents used grenade launches to mount a CS gas attack on the compound. Larry Potts, who coordinated the Waco raid, was censured for his role in the 1992 Ruby Ridge, Idaho shootout, was promoted to deputy director of the FBI by Reno. Oh, that's disgusting. It was revealed in 2010 by Dick Morris, a longtime friend of Clinton and a political advisor during his first term in office, that Janet Reno essentially blackmailed Bill Clinton to reappoint her to a second term as attorney general. He told Sean Hannity that the president was not going to appoint Attorney General Janet Reno to a second term in office following the federal barrage on the Branch Davidian Ranch at Mount Carmel. But then he was discredited. Remember, remember this guy. Uh-huh. Um, uh, what's his name? This guy. Uh, what was his name? Dick Morris. Dick Morris. Yeah, he was he was discredited by because he was he told. He was telling secrets to to uh, 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 prostitutes. He was getting he was buying prostitutes, and he was giving. Oh yeah, he was a piece. He was a piece of work too. Uh, there's so many pieces of work in this game. Well, what do they say about George Stephanopoulos? He was a oh, lad. Well, he was the uh, he was the communications director. Yeah, go down. I want to see because. It was alleged George Stephanopoulos, senior advisor, took a six hundred thousand dollar loan below market interest with insufficient collateral from Nations Bank, a bank having business before the Clinton administration, lied to Congress during Whitewater hearings, and attempted to have Whitewater investigated Jay Stevens at the RTC fires. Oh, yeah. He's, he's he was rewarded with, yeah, a, yeah. with a media. He's appointed by the government to be in the yeah, media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's a, a, a newspeak guy. Yeah. Yeah. Robert Reich lied. To Robert Reich, Secretary of Labor, yeah. he he lied to Congress when he wrote that there was no memos circulating in the Labor Department instructing staff to gather political material against the contract with America. Such memos were later published. Okay, Robert Reich, you hear him coming out, Mister Mister Labor guy, Mister Nice guy. He was a crook too, yeah. and uh, you know, and uh, I this just goes on. Uh, you gotta please, please go to this because it's really an interesting website. It's called, uh, you know, William Jefferson Clinton Memorial Library, <laughs> Library of Crimes. Yeah, really, really interesting. Well, we just got a couple of minutes, but um, anyway, uh, let's see what else we got here. Anything quick we can throw at people. There was one thing, and usually tonight, we, every night we talk about uh, this stuff, uh, and uh, I just wanted to mention it because it came up. Oh, here's something that, you know, just a little health uh, uh, insight here. Sitting with your legs crossed. Four Which reasons, I was just doing. Yeah, everybody everybody crosses their legs. Four reasons to stop now. It's a common sitting position, but crossing your legs could carry health risks. Okay. And maybe everybody should know this at the last minute of the show here. But you probably cross your legs at least once while you're having dinner, working at your desk, or pretty much any time you sit down. Okay. Um, odds are you don't even realize you're doing it. You just sit and cross one leg over the other like you've done for years. Yeah. But experts say you might want to rethink that habit. Crossing your legs can actually have some negative health effects. Here's what you need to know. 
It causes back and neck pain. How does it cause back and neck well, pain? Well, in a perfect world, you'd sit facing forward with both feet planted squarely on the floor. Unfortunately, that rarely happens. Most of us shift our weight around, lean to one side or the other, or yuck across our legs. And according to orthopedic physical therapist uh, Vivian Eisenstadt, crossing your legs is just asking for back and neck pain. Sitting with your legs crossed puts your hips in a torque position, which can lead to the rotation of one of your pelvic bones, she explains. Since your pelvis is the base of support for your spine, it puts unnecessary pressure on your neck and lower and back, middle back, when it's rotated and unstable. And the longer you sit with your legs crossed, the more pressure you put on your spine, which increases the odds you'll develop an issue. Ah, that's not so good. And days and weeks of doing this are one of the main reasons we have back and neck pain, as well as her- herniated discs, she said. Wow. Imagine it. Just crossing your legs caused that. It's linked to spider veins. Nobody well, wants spider un- veins. Yeah, well, it's un- that unrealistic that you'll be have perfect posture every time you sit down. She recommends sitting with your knees and ankles at 90 degrees with your pelvis balanced whenever possible, possibly linked to spider veins. No one wants spider veins, but they happen. All right? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Elevates uh, your blood pressure. Oh, that's amazing, too. Surprising but true, crossing the legs of the knee can temporarily cause your blood pressure to go up. All right? You have to work harder? Yeah. The blood in your legs can ask to be pumped back to your heart against gravity, and that already is a tough enough task for your body, but when you cross one leg over the other, it increases resistance to the blood flow. As a result, your body has to increase your blood pressure in order to Push your blood back to your heart. Holy cow. I think yeah, I all these things wrong. Yeah. And then one more. It says it messes with the nerves in your feet. That one bothered me a lot. But crossing your legs doesn't just impact the blood flow back to your heart. It affects the veins and nerves in your legs and feet. Crossing your legs at the knee can cause pressure on your peroneal nerve, the major nerve in your leg that passes just below your knee and along the outside of your leg. And uh, just, uh, according to Richard, podiatrist who specializes in disorders, he says this pressure can cause numbness and temporary paralysis of oh. some of the muscles right. in your foot and leg, preventing you from being able to raise your ankle. Uh, what well, what we know as the pins and needles sensation. And when the feeling is only temporary, Ray said, repeatedly sitting with your legs crossed in the same position can only cause you to develop long-term numbness in your legs from nerve damage. nerve damage, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we say uncrossing every two or four minutes can help minimize damage. We recommend you ditch the habit entirely. The best advice is always not to sit with your legs crossed. Oh. I'll tell you something, you know, it's weird. After I read this article, uh, I posted it this week, and, and I'll tell you, I didn't realize how hard a habit that is to break. You know? Well, you've probably been because doing it for yeah, uh, years. 60 years. Yeah, you do this. And Don't you, you cross your legs when you're reading? When you're reading. You're well, chair. yeah, you do that all the time. I, I was doing it again tonight. I was sitting in the chair and, you know, crossing your legs. I wonder if you cross at the ankles if that's a problem. They don't say, but it's it definitely a problem when you cross at your knee. I'll tell you that. So, anyway, we thought we'd give you that remarkable advice. <laughs> And, yeah, and uh, again, we want to thank yeah. Larry for being on the show and so uh, taking time. And I'm glad he's working for us all, yeah. helping us. 
and um, working for better wages for the working class and the middle class, and let's hope we're successful. And uh, so many people are out there working every day trying to to save the middle class and save their jobs, and we appreciate them. So we want to say good night, everybody, and have a wonderful evening. Support a working wage. Support the unions, yeah. Good night, folks. Thank you.